0: Well, 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 happy family day to you guys. Uh, I hope you're enjoying it. Uh, or if you're listening to this podcast by yourself, I hope uh, you really do love your family. <laughs> I'm, I'm <laughs> kidding, of course. Welcome back to Behind the Net Podcast. Uh, I've already lost track of how many episodes this is. Matthew, what episode are we on right now?
1: Um, 59, I think, in total. Or holy crap. 9 of season 2. Wow,
0: holy crap. So, That's- yeah, the weeks
1: have been flying by. Like, I don't know. 2020 and i even like now has just felt like a blur
0: i agree can you believe
1: can can you believe we're we're almost hitting the one year mark of like you know when when the pandemic when when everything kind of shut down and then quarantine started that was like march of last year
0: you know it's crazy to me i still remember that week like it was yesterday i just especially the uh, the day that uh everything shut down I think we, we talked about it on uh, an episode around that time
1: yeah yeah we have yeah and uh I remember like because I was I was watching the uh I was doing the uh the Knicks and Hawks game yeah and that was Vince Carter's last game I remember that so vividly because everyone was like oh what's happening like could this be Vince Carter's last game uh and like obviously this just means it meant the NBA was shutting down and then everything just followed but crazy how it's like it's already been a year
0: yeah just on Vince Carter I he deserved a better ending to his career not (laughs) just a random random regular season game before the the pandemic shut everything down oh yeah
1: and I mean yeah (laughs) it was it was a tough ending but hey well we're waiting until the the Raptors uh, retire his number up in the rafters so that's next season that'll hopefully be next season when they're back in Toronto of course
0: Anyway, this is our way of saying welcome back to the podcast. Uh, <laughs> if, if you guys don't know who we are, my name is Michael. Joined beside me is Matthew, mm-hmm. and we give you the sports talk. So wh- why don't we get right into it?
1: Yep, let's start the uh, the sports talk.
0: <laughs> but, uh, um, I mean,
1: let me see. Uh, well, we'll go right into it because uh, last week was the Super Bowl, and uh, we had a Super Bowl episode last week we published – Shortly before the Super Bowl, so it was just in time. And uh, first, let's revisit our, our predictions because, as we all know, Tom Brady won his seventh ring. Um, the Bucks won. Uh, the Chiefs did not play that well. And uh, I believe on that episode, we uh we made our own predictions, or at least I did. I know you uh you felt like it was really a toss uh, a toss up, uh, and a, a, a tough call to uh, choose a. A winner in your prediction so you you were kind of uh you kind of copped out and, and chose uh you know that you didn't know which one would win but I chose the Chiefs and I don't remember the exact score but it doesn't matter because the Chiefs didn't play that well uh on Sunday and and I probably had I probably had a, a score in the high 20s and and it wasn't even close for the for the Chiefs
0: oh yeah uh whoever was picking the Chiefs last uh before Super Bowl Sunday like I understand why you did it but like who could have seen that coming? Only 9 points and all of them were from the kicker. Absolutely none came from uh, Patrick Mahomes. Like that's crazy.
1: Yeah, I mean you know I mean I, I don't get me wrong like the Chiefs are still such a good team but I think like I said last week like this just it's just such a wasted season in a way for the Chiefs if we're looking at it from the Chiefs perspective. It's one of those things that are like especially in in terms of both Patrick Mahomes Legacy and if they, I mean, they're still a good team, so it is a potential dynasty still. But this is just that kind of like, this mess up. Like, like you know, they were rolling and, and they really kind of hit a bump here. And it obviously slows down the momentum of both the team and uh, Patrick Mahomes' legacy there.
0: Yeah. But there are some people, at least in the football community, and I know some friends felt the same way, that didn't feel the game was all that fairly called if we're going to, if we're going to put it that way, like, and, and just in terms of pure entertainment as well, like obviously for bucks fans and fans of Tom Brady, that was huge. They probably really enjoyed that one, but there were some calls that went, uh, the bucks way.
1: Oh yeah. And, uh, I mean, we could always look back at games and, you know, talk about the refing and, and, I mean refing is never ever going to be 100%. I don't think ever, but um yeah, there were some uh, unfortunate or, or, or kind of sketchy um calls there and refing there, but uh yeah, I mean, what what can we do about it now, right? But uh mm-hmm. yeah, I want to ask you like I guess now looking at the uh the Bucks perspective, uh what does this do for not only the team, but uh, we'll start with the team and then and then obviously Tom Brady and what it means for him.
0: Well, for the Bucks, that just means that they are a legitimate contender. No matter what the record says, as long as they're in the playoffs uh, with Tom Brady as their signal caller, they're going to have a chance to win the Super Bowl every single year. Uh, who knows how many years that is? It's probably not going to be that many because uh, I don't know how much longer Tom Brady's got in him. But I guess for Tom Brady, like this really does not prove anything uh, to his legacy that hasn't already been proven. I guess the only thing it really does prove, like we talked about last week, was that Now this guy can actually win anywhere else. Like he's not just a a product of the new England Patriots. He's a legitimately a legendary player in the sport.
1: Mm -hmm. That speaks volumes to his legacy because yeah, like you said, um, he's not just a product of the team or the key piece of a team that was, you know, just a, an amazing team all around, but it literally was kind of built on him as the foundation and he can go to any other team and be their foundation. And, literally carry them uh to I mean the the team was great either way, but you know, everything changed when Tom Brady arrived. <laughs> so uh yeah, and I also want to shout out Gronk, obviously. Uh it's just crazy. I, I think I saw a tweet it was like, uh isn't it crazy how like can you just imagine being like two best buds who just go anywhere and dominate <laughs> and just win <laughs> just because they can? Like that's that's insane stuff. Um Absolutely <laughs> I'll go on what were
0: you saying I was just commenting absolutely yeah Uh, Tom Brady like as much as it hates me to say this because uh the Bills fan of me was pissed about Sunday's game (laughs) pissed in in so many ways not just because of the result not just because of the uh Bucks won but because of how poorly the Chiefs played yeah but yeah respect to Tom Brady no,
1: I, on your point, I feel that too. Obviously, because uh, because the Chiefs beat both the uh, Bills and the and the Browns on the way uh, to the Super Bowl, it was kind of like, yeah, they dominated both their teams, uh, and uh, it was it was kind of for nothing, <laughs> only for them to lose the Super Bowl.
0: Yep, it's that's what I guess is just incredibly frustrating, and and I, and for Browns fans too, because the Browns were dangerously close to upsetting the Chiefs, mm-hmm. and. A lot of people throughout the year were, were commenting. I I probably should have mentioned this uh, earlier in this in the year, but uh, there were some chatter about the Chiefs being vulnerable and uh, maybe this is a, a chance to take advantage, like t- t- capitalize on that for any other team. But they weren't weren't able to, unfortunately. So yes, the Chiefs were good enough to make it to the Super Bowl, but maybe uh, obviously not as good as last year. So. What does that say about so the other side?
1: Um, What do you mean?
0: What I mean is, like, what does this mean for Patrick Mahomes oh, and the Chiefs uh, going forward? I mean,
1: I like I said before, I think, uh, like, I don't think it changes the fact that they are a good team and, and, you know, the best team, at least in the regular season. They put up an amazing regular season, and I, I fully expect them to do the same next season and, you know, for many years to come. Um, But, yeah, I mean... They, they are vulnerable in the playoffs, and I mean, I'm not too worried because with time, you know, the winning will come uh, and the experience will come. But yeah, I just think it's a it's kind of a setback in their in their legacy and especially Patrick Mahomes legacy in a way because I mean, he was on track to be and he's still on track in a way to possibly become, you know, I mean, the fact that he's so young and, and the expectations are so high for him to become like, you know, the greatest of all time. I mean, that's insane already, but um, if that really was his goal um, or, you know, if uh, we are looking at things from that kind of uh, path for him, uh, it's definitely a setback because he could have became the the youngest uh, quarterback to win two uh, championships. But um, nonetheless, he could still have an amazing career. It's just this could be like one of those ones that, you know, you look back on as, as a missed opportunity.
0: Absolutely, that's definitely my thinking as well. But I also think, uh, in another sense, it just proves that uh, Patrick Mahomes can't simply do it all himself, mm-hmm. and it's almost impossible for a player in foot one player in football to carry a team to victory. So it just goes to show that I think the Chiefs, even though they've won a Super Bowl and they know what it takes and they have the piece some of the pieces needed to do that, they still need help. Which is something I don't think anybody expected uh, going into last week. Mm-hmm. I mean
1: yeah exactly that um they're they're still the best team I'd say uh and uh I mean th- there's a difference between the best being the best team overall and then obviously being the best team in the playoffs and one comes down to it and uh Tom Brady was able to get it done um but yeah um I completely agree with you there that we might see some changes for the Chiefs but more more like just retooling obviously they just want to get better. Um, but I think with time, they'll obviously fix their mistakes that they made here and still be, uh, probably, you know, play better next season and next playoffs. Yeah,
0: Exactly. I I don't think this Chiefs team is going to completely fall off a cliff, but I definitely think that now other teams have found, uh, the recipe that it'll it'll take to take down that Chiefs team. They'll be, they'll be getting a lot more losses uh, next season, I'll say, but not enough to obviously get them out of the playoff race. I just think it's going to be other teams are going to like, Hey, if we just play a tough defensive game on Patrick Mahomes and limit him from make force him to hold the ball for as long as possible, then we'll have a better chance of winning.
1: Mm -hmm. We'll see because yeah, I, I could see it going that way. I could also see it going, you know, it's a young team and they're developing and they might fix their mistakes that they made kind of early on in their career, like in their, in the team's legacy. So, um, we'll see because yeah, they could, they could improve even, um, but it, it all, it all, everything only matters when it comes down to the playoffs. So we'll see how that uh, plays out next season.
0: Yeah, exactly. I, I'm looking forward to next season. You know, speaking of next season, uh, we're technically already in the off season for uh, leading up to 2021. And just a few days ago, before recording this, we got some big news in uh, mm. the football world, and that is JJ Watt of formerly of the Houston Texans getting cut. Did you see that one coming?
1: I did not see that one coming. Uh, I, so, I mean, they're, 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 it's being announced as a mutual, uh, parting ways with the team. Um, but yeah, um, I did not see that coming and And I mean, Hey, this just makes, you know, uh, the offseason a lot, a lot more interesting because I mean, Hey, there's a three time defensive player of the year, uh, you know, a superstar on the market for, for free right now. And who would have thought that that would be how we start the offseason?
0: Yep. It's uh, something I don't think anybody expected, but I guess if you have really been paying attention to the Houston Texans the last year and a bit, uh, it's pretty par for the course for how dysfunctional the team has been running uh, and just terms of uh, casting out uh, their star players, just, First, just to begin things, like we're, we're almost we're approaching one year of them trading uh, DeAndre Hopkins for a pretty mediocre package uh, to the Arizona Cardinals. and oh, That uh, trade will always go it. down as one of the worst. Yep, it will. And DeAndre Hopkins was an excellent in Arizona. No ifs, ands, or buts about it. Now J.J. Watt potentially is on the move elsewhere for free, even though they could have clearly traded him for something. And that's, that's the big
1: question mark I had over the whole thing. That was the big question mark.
0: Yeah, like I, I, JJ J. J. Watt's been an a, excellent defensive player and could potentially be a tight end if you really wanted him to. Like for years, so clearly teams know that there's value there. So it doesn't make sense that they cut him, at least in my eyes. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't understand it. It's just, I don't know.
1: You have a player of that caliber. I mean, you want to get some? Can't you get some value out of it? Like anything?
0: Here's what's gonna it's gonna really suck if they if JD Watts signs somewhere has a career year or potentially even wins a Super Bowl with <laughs> his new team that they they got for free. Mm-hmm. Anyway, yeah. like what I was what I, what I was what I was getting at is they're potentially gonna lose. Uh, well, Deshaun Watson kind of wants out. And he's reportedly ready to. Uh, he wants a trade. So that's essentially. All the Texans star players from their 2019 playoff run, or 2020 in this case, where they almost upset the Kansas City Chiefs. And now they're going to have absolutely nothing to show for it and going to start a new rebuild. And this is just the latest of uh, star players that have left Houston. If, you're, mm-hmm. if you recall earlier this year, James Harden was traded. George Springer signed with the Blue Jays. Russell Westbrook. Uh, yep, Russell Trades Westbrook. And the list just keeps going on and on and on. Like I you know what, we gotta pour one out for for Houston sports fans. They've yeah, had been to a tough I, one.
1: This has been a tough year for them. And I don't know You know, I really don't know what's up with athletes wanting to leave Houston right now, but it's just a it's just a tough era for uh Houston sports fans and I think I mean is it is it kind of what they had to pay for uh that the Astros title? <laughs> um yep. i don't know but uh yeah like it's just not just for all their teams it's just not going their way right now and they're they're going to be a rebuilding team for i mean for in all their sports but yeah mainly in basketball and in football
0: yep they're just losing all their athletes and like you said it's probably karma for how the astros won the <laughs> 2017 world series Yeah, they had to pay a
1: price for it. I'm glad. (laughs) The team didn't pay a price, um, not a significant price. So, I mean, I'm not saying it's a good thing for their city to be losing all these stars, but, yeah, it's it's a little bit of karma there.
0: So, I guess the question remains, who's the next player to go leave Houston? I don't
1: know. I mean, I don't know. Like, I mean, we all know, at least, obviously... I mean if we're talking in football we know they're going to probably blow up the team. I mean I, I, I that's already uh known but I think obviously in with the Rockets they're probably going to get rid of both John Wall and uh Victor Oladipo anytime soon. I'm I'm, I'm guessing
0: probably by next year mm-hmm. at this rate.
1: They I think they're just going to blow up both of those teams and then the Astros are their only hope right now but even then um yeah they're losing they're losing some steam there.
0: So, yeah, it's going to be a tough year for Houston, but it's going to be a great year for J.J. Watt, regardless of where he ends up. Uh, there are, there have been quite a few teams connected to J.J. Watt. From what I've heard, at least I've seen on Twitter, it's uh, Pittsburgh Steelers, Green Bay Packers, Buffalo Bills. Nice. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, and there's a couple others I can't remember off the top of my head. Uh, Green- Tennessee Titans, Patriots, Rams, essentially what I'm trying to get at he's been connected to just about every single team yeah. that exists in football so out of all the teams that I listed out to you which one do you think makes the most sense um for me i I have been also doing a, a lot of I've, I've also seen a
1: lot of that and it seems like the Steelers are um actually are pretty much the front runners right now um and you know I think he would fit in well there. Yeah, I think it makes a lot of sense there. Um, who knows? He might also uh, go and try to chase a ring, maybe with Tampa. You never know. Uh, but I would say the Steelers. What about you? And you can't say Buffalo because I know you're going to say Buffalo.
0: Okay. Well, I'll say this. <laughs> okay. So Steelers kind of makes sense because they have his brother. Mm-hmm. And I think that definitely means a lot to him to play alongside his uh, brother. I can't remember what his name. Is. I know it's named is Ty Watt. Tj Watt. Yeah. Tj Watt. Uh, yeah. So Tj Watt's there, and that definitely plays a factor. Um, I I'll just say this about Buffalo. Buffalo is probably the best position team to, seem to con- contend for a Super Bowl if that's what he really wants. I agree wants, with that. that I agree. With that. Yeah. But I just also think that Green Bay might be the second best team to compete. Like of the teams I mentioned and he actually is from great big he's a big green bay Packers fan like diehard and I think he grew up cheering on that team so is he from Wisconsin I think I believe so Mm -hmm. let me just double check but I I know that he's a big time uh, Packers fan yeah he's from Wisconsin there we go might be
1: a coming home move
0: yeah so that's what I'm trying to get out here is that uh, don't I wouldn't be surprised if he values uh returning home so Mm -hmm. it's honestly it's it's to me it's either Steelers uh Steelers Bills and uh Packers
1: I agree with you there I was joking about the Bills but I really do think the Bills could be a real a realistic destination especially if he wants to win obviously the thing with uh Tampa is they're attractive because you know they I mean they've seen what they can do in one year with uh Tom Brady and Gronk and uh even Antonio Brown. Um you know, it might just seem like the win now obviously move, but the Bills if uh the Bills are the team I think that puts you in the best situation especially long term right now. Um mm-hmm. so I think that's a good uh choice there.
0: I guess it really just comes down to what he values the most does he value playing with his brother does he value going home or does he value getting a super bowl mm-hmm. and which, whichever team fits those narratives this is where he's gonna end up yeah
1: um it, it's gonna be it's gonna be interesting to see where he lands but what a way to start the off season
0: yep not only is uh, Jay, uh deshaun uh what oh crap i can't talk right now <laughs> but yeah <laughs> Texans are losing half their star players. Uh, we already had Matthew Stafford being traded to the LA Rams. Like It's, it's, it's going to be a great offseason. Mm-hmm. I'm looking forward to it. Oh, yeah. Um, it's just starting off like this. You can only
1: imagine how it's going to be in a few weeks. But, uh, yeah, I think that's, uh, for the most part, the, the football talk for this week. Uh, we're obviously going to see as the offseason goes underway, and hopefully we'll know where J.J. Watt lands uh, soon.
0: Just want to pause the conversation to remind you guys that our podcast has a Twitter page. If you want to keep track of the latest episodes, want to send in your questions, or just want to hang out, that's the place for you. It's at Behind the Net Pod. That's B E H I N D T H E N E T Pod. Hope to see you there. Now, back to the show.
1: Yeah. How about we move on to our uh, next sport? I want to talk about the uh, Toronto Raptors. And. <sighs> So the Toronto Raptors have been, for the last few weeks at least, they've been trending upwards. I mean, it's a big difference from when we first started this season, and and we've been talking just about how they should tank <laughs> all season. For uh, we talked about that in the first few episodes of this season, um. But they've picked things up, um. But then you know it's still shaky. Like they're 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 a really shaky team still. I mean, we're recording this on uh, Monday, uh, as as you know, it's it's Family Day, and and yesterday they they suffered a very very tough loss to the league's worst minnesota timberwolves and uh (laughs) you know uh it was a game that they really should have had honestly and there was a point especially at the last moment when pascal siakam could have tied up the game and he missed he missed a layup like like it it rolled out and it was a tough it was a tough tough uh a a tough tough thing to, to see and and it's one, it's a game that should have easily been in the Raptors hands.
0: Mm-hmm. There's a reason, the reason why I was sighing there for those who didn't really get why that I did that is just because of how disheartening that loss was. Yes. The Raptors still remain in a playoff spot at the time of recording 12 and 15 is good enough for eighth in the Eastern conference. But those like Matthew said, it's, it's a gimme game. It's a game that they should have easily won. They should have easily had more, uh, care and effort to try and close things out because those Timberwolves are looking to be on track to land the first overall pick this year. Uh, as they do every seems every single year. <laughs> and, uh, they've that they like, it, it's a gimme that those are, those are games that you should be playing at your best. If you're a true playoff team, you, you take care of business against the lower seeds. What this essentially does is proves your vulnerability. It proves that, uh, you're not as talented as you once were and that this Raptors team is uh, like potentially could be in need of a, a pre- I don't want to say rebuild cause I, I don't want to just jump the gun on that, but like it wouldn't be the worst thing in the world to say, guys, come on.
1: No, I'm with you there. I think the Raptors are in a really confused state right now. Um, But they're also in a dangerous spot. Like, Right now they're in eighth in the uh, East, and like we always say, um, that like if you just miss the playoffs, that's the worst way to finish a season because you don't get a high draft pick either. Um, and yeah, like it's just it's tough because you need to know what it's kind of really confusing to know what course of action the Raptors want to take here. Obviously, they want to contend, but I think they're more kind of pretending this season than than just contending um they're kind of struggling um to 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 rack up wins like they usually do and on top of that there's a lot of things that could change the next season so maybe a rebuild you know maybe you want to get ahead on a rebuild now but they gotta really get those wins up because if they miss the playoffs like and finish like ninth or tenth in the east it's gonna be really bad and i just a side note i don't know i, I oh you're the one who showed me it actually but kyle lowry's house has been put on sale i mean let's hope it's nothing obviously they're not playing in toronto but um there's obviously the possibility that kyle lowry already played his last game in toronto and that makes me i don't know how i feel about that but uh it it also makes me wonder well what does this mean for the raptors next season because without kyle lowry um i i don't even know how this team will finish in the standings like should they have gotten ahead on their rebuild or is a rebuild imminent? like, you know,
0: it's hard to say, man. And and it sucks too, that uh, we may have potentially seen already his last game in Toronto back in March of 2020 when nobody thought much of that game because Mm -hmm. no one was expecting a global pandemic to shut things down and, uh, force the Raptors to stay in the United States for much longer than expected. So, yeah, no, it's, it's definitely frustrating. And, um, this, we've we've been been alluding to this uh, throughout this throughout the year, but this is feels like the a transition year for the Raptors, and it feels like there's uh, ends of era, starts of new ones. But uh, it's been tough, man. Like, and I don't want to, I don't want, I want to say this Raptors team is uh, has no shot because I still think that they can s- turn things around and get their season back on track. But uh, losses like this. Uh, put serious doubt on their abilities to uh, get convince fans that this team can still contend
1: mm-hmm. for sure. And like you said, this season was supposed to be kind of a transition year. Like we, we ex- expected it, but I don't think we expected it to be this kind of shaky and confusing. Like we didn't think the Raptors would start this, like have such a slow start. But on top of that, like when they're picking it up, they, they can't seem to find any sort of consistency um, in their game. Uh, they, they've really been letting up and, and and like, like last night, letting easy wins slip out of their fingers. And, uh, it's, it's really tough. And you look at the standings and the East in a way is, is kind of more wide open than it usually is. And, you know, before the season started, we predicted like, yeah, the Raptors are dropped, but maybe to like sixth, fifth or sixth. Um, but the East is looking really, it's close, but you know, like, the Raptors could have easily been in 5th or 6th right now, um, if yep. not a little higher. Um, and they also possibly could not be in a playoff spot right now. They're lucky to be in a playoff spot right now. So it's just a really weird season, and I I don't know. I, I really think they're just pretenders right now. Like, I don't mm-hmm. see them actually being a contender, maybe sneaking into the playoffs, which is a good. It's a victory for them. But I don't know. They're just they've had such a long history of, of contending that this is really weird and you don't know what they're going to do with this rebuild that we kind of feel is coming anyways.
0: Yeah. To your point about the state of the Eastern conference, I can only comfortably say that two of the teams are legit and that's the 76ers and the Milwaukee bucks, even the the Brooklyn nets. I don't feel fully convinced. Yeah. They've on been right the rec- Yeah. Yeah. the record isn't looking too fantastic. Just think of it this way for the spot, uh, in the east four through eight all the teams are hovering around or below 500 yeah that's a a yikes for me
1: yeah i mean you look at the 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 west i mean the west is always going to be better but there's a a stark difference i mean you got you know the memphis grizzlies uh you know anywhere from the memphis grizzlies down to the sacramento kings would be a playoff team in the east and they're out of the playoffs in the in the west it's just very tight there but the east is like wide open right now and and one, the fact that the Raptors have been playing terribly and are still in it is is really <laughs> shocking. But uh, you know, like teams like New York and Charlotte, like good for them for being there. But um, they, you know, this is those are two teams that the Raptors should totally be over <laughs> in the standings, and and that just mm-hmm. speaks testaments to how the Raptors just have not been. I don't even want to say not been on their game, but they just don't know what they're doing. I feel like because we know. They're not the same team they once were, and we know that they are going to start rebuilding. It's just, um, I don't know. It's I don't even know how to explain it. It's just not really a a good state they're in right now.
0: Yep. To to put into reference, just how bad the Eastern Conference is, the Golden State Warriors. Yes, they've had a good, they had a bounce back here, and they're uh, on the cusp of potentially going back to the playoffs. But they would easily be the fourth seed in the Eastern Conference. If that was the case, hey,
1: the Golden State Warriors have actually been good. Yeah, it's just that's it's just that tough of a Western Conference. Everyone's talking about Steph Curry is putting up like MVP numbers, but he's not getting as much recognition this season because they're in eighth. But yeah, like you said, uh, you know, if you if they were in the East, um, they would be much much higher. And and yeah.
0: <laughs> okay, this is what I'll say about this Raptors uh, team because uh, obviously everyone's upset with the loss and. It we we don't know what the future holds for this team. Potentially they may not may not even make the playoffs altogether and miss out by just a couple of points. But what but what I think this Raptors team needs to look at that loss is it needs to be a wake-up call. Or just like they need to realign their of their focus. Because if they think the season can still be salvageable, they have proven at times that they can do just that. But Beyond just this Timberwolves game, the, the previous matchup against the Celtics where they got pretty handily smoked was not convincing at all that this Raptors team was heading in the right direction. So it's not it's not just uh, the previous games, it's just the last few, few losses have been pretty disheartening. Mm-hmm. If this Raptors team wants to really uh, get their season back on track, where they're going to be spending the entire year in Tampa, by the way, we haven't even mentioned that they're going to be staying in... Uh, florida the entire year they they got to take that that uh that loss as a slap in the face and like hey we got to get things back on track here because we're gonna fall out of favor here pretty quickly if we don't uh, right the ship and the good news is that they will get a chance to redeem themselves later this week on friday actually in minnesota so if, if they thought that uh, if you think that doing one bad having one bad performance against minnesota would be uh disappointing to the fans they can't they can't do it a second time so they're gonna have to up their game later this week
1: yeah I completely agree it really does need to be a wake-up call for them because they are winners we know that um they've just been so shaky and you know I'm looking at individual performances and I mean Pascal Siakam and Fred Van Vliet have been up and down lately they've been up and down they've had they've had good games they've had bad games um Norman Powell It has been the one of the biggest surprises this season he's been playing great also with chris boucher we've we've covered that already um but i want to i want to kind of lead off this topic or or end this topic with uh kind of this but aaron baines has obviously been the odd man out of the lineup uh this season um he has not played that well um as especially as the starting center it just speaks volumes to how big of a hole Marcus Sullivan and Serge Ibaka left, and the Raptors are struggling at the center position. Now, I want to leave it with this: There's been rumors of uh, Andre Drummond, an uh, uh, Andre Drummond trade, and possibly the Raptors um, being a, a potential landing spot. What are your thoughts on that? Do you think the Raptors should try to salvage the season and make a trade like that to get, obviously, a center that they need and hopefully actually contend? Um, for a playoff spot. So what do you think with that?
0: Well, I definitely think that Aaron Baines, uh, as much as I've enjoyed the uh, burner accounts uh, <laughs> antics on Twitter, the player himself has been a massive disappointment uh, and has not provided the uh, spark and the five position that the routers need. Uh, and it's disappointing because I, I, I think a lot of people were hoping that Aaron Baines could provide some value for this uh, team. But clearly that's not the case. What I think, uh, if... Again, it comes just comes down to: Do this Raptors team believe that uh, they can contend in the uh, East still, or are they just gonna uh, just uh, pack it in, try again next year, hope for the best, and just uh, com- commit to a tank for the rest of the twenty twenty one season? Mm-hmm. That's the big question. Comes... Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, if if this Raptors team still thinks they can compete, which I believe they can still compete, then their best course of action would be to try and make a trade like the one you just described to me. Mm-hmm. And it would like, it, yeah, it's obviously it's, who's to say that that trade's going to fix all their problems, but it would definitely at least put them in a better position than they were right now. Yeah.
1: And honestly, I was going to bring up some like another rumor, but I think it speaks. I think it speaks about the, the point that we're trying to make is that the Raptors are in such a confusing Uh, Spot right now like do they go To contend or do they try To you know rebuild and that's The that's the big question like you were Saying but uh yeah like Andre Drummond would be a great solution And and the Cleveland Cavaliers are looking To trade him so the Raptors I think they can win a lot More games with him. I think he's I think the center Position is is the biggest problem that They have right now and I think They can if they could upgrade even a little Bit they can fix a whole lot of Problems on the team uh, I was just going to say, you know, another rumor that's been swirling around is Lonzo ball to the Raptors, but I think that's only if the Raptors are committing to the rebuild phase because you're still getting, you're basically investing into a, a young, a young and, and possibly more young players, uh, to come with that kind of move. Uh, obviously it's a. am not even going to talk about, you know, <laughs> I don't think they should acquire Lonzo ball, but not even talking about that. I think it's, it. I think it, it, I want to focus more so on the fact that um those two trade options are basically both swirling around but they both push the Raptors into two basically opposite uh paths for how the team should go either contending or rebuilding and I think that's that's just how confused of a state the Raptors are in which is kind yeah. of a not a good not a good position to be in.
0: But at least at the on the bright side, if you get Andre Drummond, then you put the team in a better position defensively, where you can uh, like, and it aligns with their mentality of being strong in their at their own side of the court, mm-hmm. which is what I think is uh, the the big thing this Raptors team has been struggling all years. Their defense has yeah. been not as good as it has been in seasons past. Yes, Andre Drummond may not be the exact player that he once was, and uh, that goes to show that the fact that he's even on the Cleveland Cavaliers to begin with. But I think there's a good reason to believe that he can find some defensive resurgence and maybe a renewed purpose uh, on his on court abilities. If he gets traded to the Raptors. Oh
1: yeah. We'll just have to see uh, what happens, but I mean, Raptors, come on, give us something uh, either to cheer about or, or, you know, just to look forward to if it is a a rebuild, but yeah. Um, Let's head into the, I guess the last part we're going to talk about this uh, on this episode and, that's obviously the Leafs and hockey. And, uh, so they, the Leafs have been obviously rolling. We know that they've been playing, um, as the best team in the NHL for the last while. Um, but now, uh, I mean, they're still the best team, but they suffered a really tough loss to Montreal. Uh, the other night, uh, super mm-hmm. tough. They were leading and they, they, they pretty much blew it. Uh, it kind of look like the old Leafs that we, we know, <laughs> um, but yeah, do you think that affects their, uh, kind of their, obviously, just how, how they were rolling through through the league? And do you think it, it's a setback, or do you think they'll just be able to easily pick pick themselves back up?
0: Well, I'll definitely say it's a setback, but I also think that the Rapt- the Leafs have to look at uh, that previous loss as a, as kind of a, a reminder that they still have a lot of work to do. Mm-hmm. Because if you look at the previous two games the, the Leafs played before Saturday's loss they had pretty awful third periods or just were not at all the better team in those games and yet they somehow were actually had a couple of seconds of strong play in the third period and they were able to win the games they didn't get that performance on saturday even despite having all the offensive chances to to get those goals needed uh it's just I, that's just a reminder that they need to still work on their play defensively in their own end and uh they can't just fully rely on Freddie to hold the fort because this team has enough talent to win them games, but their defensive play is still a big work in progress.
1: I completely agree. Um, I'm going to continue that discussion shortly, but I just want to take note of what you just sent me. Uh, basically, Shams, uh, Charania, uh, basically just literally when we were talking about it, three minutes ago, while we were talking about this exact same thing, He's basically confirming that the Raptors are engaging in talks with Andre uh, with the Cavaliers about Andre Drummond. So, did we did we bring this on? (laughs) Did we did we uh, not jinx it? But did we speak it into existence?
0: (laughs) There you go. I guess it just goes to show that the Raptors are serious about trying to salvage this season, and uh, this more or less confirms it. There you uh, go. I will like to point out that the Brooklyn Nets are one of the other teams uh, that are interested in getting uh, Andre Drummond, and also the Dallas Mavericks, the LA Lakers, and the Portland Trailblazers uh, are potential interests, But the Raptors being in active talks with the uh, Cavaliers is pretty—it's uh, uh, a pretty positive sign.
1: Yeah. Sorry, I know we're talking hockey, but it's just that's exactly what we were just talking about, and it literally just broke. So what a coincidence! Like that never happens for us. <laughs>
0: This always happens after the show's <laughs> yeah. done.
1: Yeah, it would probably be like we'd finish the episode and then that tweet would have came out. But wow, that was like exactly what we were talking about. Crazy. Anyways. Great time. Um, yeah, about the Leafs. Yeah, I think it is definitely a, a reminder to them that they have to not only obviously, um, you know, fix their mistakes, but I think also just the reminder that, you know, you can't, you know, you are rolling through the NHL, but you need to also... Um, remember that bad games do happen like that. And, uh, you know, you just kind of go get past it, you know, Montreal. And if anything, it was against Montreal. I mean, the other, their other loss, when their other losses were against Ottawa, who they play, um, tonight, but, mm-hmm. um, yeah, Montreal, we, we know they're a, a, such a good team. So, and we're going to get a lot more of these battles this season. So, um, get used to it. Um, it's going to increase the rivalry and I think it's going to be fun.
0: You know what's going crazy to me is that in in the wake of Saturday's loss, the Leafs made a change to their to their lineup, and they're going to change the way their fourth line looks. Obviously, the big news is that Joe Thornton is coming back, but mm-hmm. they're also bringing in a guy that they recently signed to an NHL contract, Scott Sabron. Oh yeah, is is going to play and in a Leaf game this year?
1: If you guys remember. Uh yeah from was it the last season or the season before but the funny last clip season. where uh yeah last season where Austin Matthews basically name checks uh <laughs> Sabron. um funny how everything kind of came full circle and now they're going to be teammates. Uh, <laughs> so Matthews will definitely know his name but uh yeah it's an interesting uh it's an interesting addition to the lineup and uh obviously the Leafs are very depthful and, and they definitely need uh you know, somehow because of injuries and, and things like that. But I think it's gonna be interesting to see uh what he can do. I know you you posted some some of his highlights, right?
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes, I did, because I was just curious about uh just what what this guy's done uh, beyond uh that moment where he was uh subject to Austin Matthews checking out his jersey. It turns out he was a pretty interesting player, so I hope he uh, does get a chance uh to prove himself uh mm-hmm. this week. And it's 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 against his old team too, so it kind of makes sense why Lee's are doing this. Uh, yeah, I I'm not obviously Lee fans should not be expecting too much from Scott Sabin because he is at the end of the day like a, prior to this a career AHL player that only recently got a chance to make the NHL, and he is past the age of twenty seven. So who's to say that he's gonna suddenly find a resurgence in his career? But but if he can make an impact, then maybe he gets into a couple more games. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh yeah, no, for sure.
1: Uh, it's gonna be interesting. Uh, I'm definitely gonna be watching it for his uh, his play, but obviously, of course, yeah, he's on the fourth line. Uh, I think the big the big topic that we're gonna uh, talk about in terms of line changes is yeah, Joe Thornton's back, and uh, we didn't get to see him much so far. Obviously, I mean, you know, he was the most one of the most anticipated players to join the Leafs, but um, the time we did get to see him, he like him um Austin Matthews and Mitch Marner they they were dominant on that first line and they're returning him back on the for, first line which is interesting i know it, it raised some uh i guess some interest because uh the the first line has obviously been playing great with Zach Hyman there um but now they're going to switch Hyman out for Thornton and i don't know i think that's just amazing <laughs> to see how um i guess how i mean we talk about the depth for how depthful this team is but the the top six the fact that you just switch them out and still have a dominant line and and obviously they don't want to change what what they know was being really good um before um yeah i think it's great and i'm excited to see joe thornton hopefully back for many many games this season and uh Mm -hmm. you know knock on wood you know We don't lose, we don't miss any more games, or he doesn't miss any more games of it. Um, But yeah, Uh, do you think it affects the lineup at all?
0: Like, do you think it affects their impact at all? Are moving Zach Hyman down? Well, to your point about the, the, the play of the Leafs top line of Matthews, Marner, and Hyman, they were playing exceptionally well. Yeah. But there's just one problem the rest of the lines were not doing as well. Very true. And this the problem from last season has carried over to this season. That this Leafs team is kind of top heavy, and there's some inconsistent uh, play from their from their bottom six. So, yes, I know the injuries have played a factor here. Where Wayne Simmons has been missing time, and he's been a big part of this team's offense. Joe thorne has been missing some time, and he's coming back. Nick Robertson was supposed to make an impact, and he's going to have to re we find his game and uh, the Marlies, which are going to be starting up, I believe tonight, actually mm-hmm. they're opening up their season. Um, yeah. This, this, this Leafs team has had some uh, difficult challenges trying to overcome their lack of secondary scoring. And there's a reason why they they've been, uh, they've been rumors speculating they might be getting somebody else, uh, which we'll get to in just a little bit, but yeah, I think this, this move of Joel Thorne back on the top line balances out the scoring a little bit more. It puts Hyman back with Tavares and Nylander, which I think would be a great fit for him. And I know Tavares and Hyman have had great success uh, playing alongside one another. Maybe they'll get Nylander going tonight. And uh, potentially gets the third line going too because McKayev now has found his game. He finally scored his first goal of the season uh, this past week against Montreal. So maybe they'll light a fire up under him. And Kerfoot and... uh I'm trying to remember who the other player on that line is. I can't remember. They might have changed it. But yeah, no, it's this having joel Thorne back just does nothing but good for getting this Leafs team back uh some more balanced scoring mm-hmm. and i believe that third player was uh jimmy VC on the third line <laughs> some Leafs <laughs> <But, laughs> fans are gonna be upset to hear that <laughs> um
1: but yeah no exactly how you put it uh it's just so depthful yeah and it, when when the Leafs are fully healthy like yeah just how spread out you can make your lines there and and, and yeah like you said that it was really top heavy, and even the second line was was struggling a little bit um, with the absence of Thornton and and obviously Hyman on that line. I was uh, maybe I kind of wanted to ask like uh, I think that my question originally was meant to read more like uh, Do you think, you know, do you think that Thornton should uh, automatically make the first line because you know I mean obviously like you said they. Uh, the Hyman on that first line was dominant, but do you think it's the right call putting Thornton right back in the first line, or do you think they should have kept, like, do you think the Leafs should have left Hyman on that first line because they've been playing so well and then slotted Thornton in somewhere else?
0: Well, yeah, like, uh, I think uh, at the end of the day, you're definitely worried about Joe Thornton's conditioning and making sure that uh, he does get back into game shape and doesn't uh, re-aggravate the injury that's kept him out for the last 10 games, but uh, I think Clearly, the the plan was to get Joe Thorne alongside of Matthews and Marner mm-hmm. from day one, and they're sticking to that plan clearly just by the fact that uh, they're putting him right back on that first line. So as much as you'd like to say that uh, you want to make sure that he's, can, like, he eases his way back into game shape, I think just because of how uh, porous the Leafs' secondary scoring has been throughout the season, uh, they, they kind of had their cards dealt. If Simmons, let, let me put it to you this way. If Simmons was healthy right now and playing, I don't think the Leafs would be doing this as quickly, mm-hmm. but it's just the situation's forced their hand.
1: Yeah. Oh, for sure. And I think if anything, if it, you know, if it doesn't work out for the Leafs, they have a couple combinations that they can go with, though. kind of like a plan B with putting Hyman back on that first line, if anything.
0: Yeah. And I think eventually they'll go back to if, if, uh, they they need some uh, to generate some offense. And, and here's the thing, even before Thorn got injured, they were they Thorn wasn't always on the first line throughout the entire game. Like they would switch back and forth between having Hyman there and Thorn somewhere else because here's the thing, guys. Thornton is in his 40s. Who knows how much more he's got left in the tank? Mm-hmm. Oh, for sure.
1: Um, I think that's the big question. I mean, obviously, everyone was surprised by the initial decision of sticking him on the first line um obviously uh what is he 41 playing a game playing alongside you know two speedy 23 year olds but um he's played well so we'll see how much he has left in his tank and, and we'll see how that plays out when he plays you know a lot more games alongside them
0: yeah it'll, it'll be it'll be great to see him back in the lineup uh i i'm i'm just excited to see joe Thorne back and his positive energy is going to do well for this leafs team
1: mm-hmm. um as of right now the leafs still are first in the nhl um, and I do want to end probably our I guess, the hockey segment or early segment off with, um, it was Elliot Friedman actually reported that the Leafs that he thinks the Leafs are after a, uh, a mystery forward. Um, I want to know who you think that, uh, that mystery forward might be because I honestly have no clue that could, that's just so open-ended, you know, it could be anyone. I know, um, Sam Bennett obviously is, is a big rumor. Um, For a, a forward that the Leafs might be after But mystery forward, it might not be him
0: Well, there is quite a lot of forwards uh, Leaf fans are speculating who it might be uh, If you've been paying attention to the Leafs Nation Website the past few days There's been a few players uh, mentioned as potential options uh, mm-hmm. For Leafs, for the mystery forward I mentioned uh, Alex Hiafall And that seems to be the most popular choice He's uh, has, He's got a year left or so on his contract uh is on the kings is a good middle six forward can slot up and down the lineup uh wherever possible and uh because the kings at least have trade history maybe they'll be able to do something uh a couple other options i've been hearing uh ricard raquel is a pretty interesting one tyler mott victor mm-hmm. arvidson which is per- completely r- redonkulous and then there's some like more interesting like more reasonable ones like uh tanner pearson uh Miles Wood, um, maybe even Jared McCann. There's there's so many ways that this could go, mm-hmm. and I'm just listening Obviously, I'm just listing what was mentioned on the Least Nation. Uh, if you want to check out the article, I'll, I'll put a link in the just, we'll put a link in the uh, podcast description so you can check it out for yourself. But it's a there's so many ways Least could go about this, uh, improving their <clears throat> their their forward depth, and I do think that they do they need to make another trade because as good as their offseason was with getting uh, Wayne Simmons for a reasonable price and Joe Thornton at a reasonable price they could still use one more guy and i think that'll fully round out their forward core mhm
1: i i completely agree and that's why Sam Bennett was up in there so much but um they are definitely an honest on a forward and and if anything this mystery forward i mean that just means they're an in, in, on a forward but i agree i think uh for me personally i mean I, it's not that I think they're going to go after uh, Ricard Raquel um, who I would uh, I, I think like I personally would like him on the Leafs uh, I think it could really like be realistic as well because the Ducks are a middle of the pack team right now and he obviously took a uh, kind of a uh, a little decline in his production so his value has kind of dropped there but he's still a, a high potential player and uh, I think he'd still uh, fit in on the Leafs Pretty well for exactly what they're looking for, especially in the uh, bottom six. Even um, who could even slide in somewhere in the top six, um, but I th- I would I would like to see uh, the Leafs pick him up. But it really could be anyone.
0: And <laughs> that's a, that's the beauty of it. We have absolutely no clue who this player could be. Yeah,
1: we just know that the Leafs and are I in think, on a forward.
0: <laughs> I just hope that they actually do go through with the trade and not to just tease us like this. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah <laughs> um
1: i mean yeah they might Elia friedman he could have he good reporting he could have at least you know might as well have said um the leafs are look are, are looking to acquire a forward you know throwing in the mystery there just makes it a little more a little more interesting
0: <laughs> how about you let us know guys what you think who you think the mystery forward for the leafs is i know this topic's been pretty exhausted uh throughout the the twitter sphere uh I've seen this all the time, but I would love to hear from you guys who you think the, mm-hmm. this mystery forward might be. Mm-hmm.
1: Exactly. Um, but yeah, I think that's all our uh, Leafs talk. Is there anything you wanted to add?
0: I guess really the the big thing uh, just for this this coming week is so sports are uh, back in full swing. Uh, hopefully, everybody stays safe, especially the NHL players because they've had a lot of problems with COVID uh, these past few few weeks. Have a bunch of players getting tested positive, a bunch of games getting postponed. Yeah. Yeah. Like it's a reminder that we're still in the midst of this pandemic and everybody needs to stay safe, Uh, wash your hands, wear a mask and practice social distancing.
1: Exactly. Exactly. Uh, that goes for everyone, not just in the NHL players, but, uh, yeah. And, uh, obviously here in Ontario still locked down. It will, um, end soon, I guess, but, um, yeah, just stay safe and then just just keep uh just keep staying home and going out minimally. Um, but I guess we'll wrap up here. Uh, as always, you could send us feedback or tweet me, uh, or tweet either of us or message us uh, on the podcast uh, Twitter account. Make sure to follow it at Behind the Net Pod on Twitter, and you could also follow, tweet me, message me, whatever on Twitter at Matt underscore Rodrigo underscore.
0: And you could do the same for me at the Leafs IMO.
1: Great. So, uh, yeah, everyone stay safe and uh, watch sports when you're uh, at home. And uh, we'll catch you guys next time. Take care, guys.